Welcome to The Vinyl Preacher, your weekly podcast where we talk about the Bible exclusively, make a playlist. I'm Matt Gable, pastor at St. Mark's Lutheran Church in Los Angeles, California. Hey, nothing else to talk about. Uh, Matt, I'm Zach Harris. I am an award-winning campus pastor here at the University of Colorado Boulder. Uh, have you ever won award. an award? Yeah. I have. Uh, I got a Golden Globe for my work in um, something. What award did you get? Oh, I'm I'm the prestigious winner of the prestigious Hess Pearson Award, uh, awarded by uh, for for staff dedication to Lutheran Student Movement USA. Fantastic! Well done. It was a number of years ago. Yeah, a number of years ago. But I've continued to do that award-winning campus ministry. I got an award from the African Descent Lutheran Association, Los Angeles chapter. Oh, yeah? The, the Good Shepherd Award. Ooh. For my work uh, with the youth of our Senate. So uh, I feel like since we are both, we both have precedent winning awards, um, the Lutheran School of Theology of Chicago might consider us for their, uh, you know, that they have an award for like somebody in the first 10 years of ministry. I feel like we still qualify. There's still time. Barely. There's barely. barely enough, barely time, but there is still maybe a year. <laughs> you could honor both of us at the same time. That would be great. That would be a record. lot of fun. Give it, just give us a, a vinyl record. That would be amazing. Yes. You know, they give. I've, I've been involved in the giving of those awards. And then, you know, the thing is, like, they could use it as an opportunity to announce. So you, Lutheran School Theology of Chicago, could use this as an opportunity to announce your sponsorship of our podcast. What if this was the LSTC Vinyl Preacher, right? I mean, I think, Matt, we provide uh, a, a pretty helpful, profound witness to the importance of an LSTC education. Uh, mm-hmm. We're not crypto-Calvinists. We talk about God a lot. We're not semi-Pelagians at all. Uh, grounded, rooted in the world of, of pop music. I'm going to be there this fall. They've changed it up, Matt. I don't know if you're aware of this. Because oh, uh, no. there's been some... I have served in the past on the Alumni Council at the Lutheran School of Theology at Chicago. And leadership conference. Historically, alumni awards are given at the leadership conference. And there's been some debate about whether we have it in the summer, which people have lots of things going on in the summer or other times. Uh, and this year, they're going to like their alumni awards will be a part of a, a kind of a homecoming weekend is kind of what they're pushing. Uh, and I'm going to be there, Matt, because I nominated someone to win an award. And they Ooh. won it. And they won what? it. They won wow. it. Wow. What if we nominated each other? <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Uh, Chris Hevner, former guest on the podcast, finishing up his ministry at Clemson University uh, these days. Uh, I, uh, he's going to receive the uh, Specialized Ministry Award. I don't know if this is public information, but I'm making it public. <laughs> did he go to LSTC? He did go to LSTC. Really? 1983, 84, something like that. Yeah, I did not know that. I thought the uh, he posted a picture of this stole that uh, some folks made him of like different T-shirts. I thought yeah. that was fantastic. That is like a different like trip like trips that you go you know the T-shirts yeah. for your and then made a stole out of it. I was like that's pretty. There were some T-shirts awesome. on there that I was a part of making happen. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah. I don't. I. Mm. I know some, yeah, uh, some of the LSM shirts recently appeared on there. <laughs> I did not see a Vinyl Preacher shirt. <laughs> I, know. I don't know what that was about. 
Also, isn't it still a cruel gift to give someone who's kind of retiring? <laughs> it's kind of weird, yeah. Hey, here's a here's a thing you're not going to need anymore. We're putting you out to pasture. It's true. How do you accept that gift, right? It's like, yeah, yeah. It was like the yeah, gift the congregation of Bakersfield gave me when I showed up. Uh, my first at the installation, representative of the congregation presented me with a cowboy hat. What? Yeah. It's like in case you were hoping to dress up as the village people while you're here. Here's. <laughs> wow. Here's a. Here's a piece of a costume for a job that you do not do. <laughs> That's fantastic. I think we wore them though, didn't we? Wear them for a for pictures. <laughs> yeah. We took the picture by that big cow on the side of the yeah. road. <laughs> on the way yeah. to the coast. That's what they were good for. So, you know. <laughs> a lot of things happening in the world. Uh, NBA playoffs. I cannot believe. <sighs> That's just amazing. I just, How I it no ended idea. in game six or seven was <laughs> really both predictable and surprising all at the same time. <laughs> all at the same time. I mean, wow. it was much like I was surprised when Arya killed the Night King on Game of Thrones. Um, yeah. But I was also like, oh, that makes so much sense. Yeah. Uh, and that's the same right. way uh, that battle, the, this week's battle episode ended for me, was yeah. I was surprised. There were a lot of twists and turns. Unexpected yeah. things happened. But yeah. in the unexpected, I found the predictable, the expected, if you will. Yeah. It was yeah. a real postmodern experience for me. Uh, yeah. where it was un-slash-expected. So I experienced unexpectedness and expectedness simultaneously. It's incredibly theological. Just That's why people come to this podcast. I really like... I have... I, I mean, I think... <laughs> I do think... Uh, I want to make one more, one more just uh, observation. I mean, can you believe that there's been more obstruction of justice? What? I, mean, I, just, I had no idea that there'd be even more. But uh, twist really, still fighting between the White House and Congress. I mean, just amazing. Oh, just I thought this was incredible. the week. I thought we were done, but we, it was going to be still resolved. Still going on the week of May twenty sixth. Uh, expected, yeah, unexpected, unexpected, yet expected. Surprised. I mean, Arya. Wow. I mean, surprised and yet, yeah, that feels right to me. Like that is like. That's that's what you're looking for when you come up with the good news in your preaching, right? You want something that is both unexpected but also feels right. If it's just unexpected and you can't make any sense out of it, right? Like people are, I feel like people won't be with you. Uh, and if it's just and if, if and if it's just purely expected, there's no unexpectedness about it. It's also kind of like meh, meh. right? People see it it's got to be both unexpected and and like yeah, that feels right. I did not see that coming, but it feels right. I feel like that's the ideal good news, right? That's not too different from where I am this week. Uh, one of the difficulties in recording this week is that I'm currently about 10 hours ahead of Matt uh, in the future because I'm in uh, Spain, España, with students. Welcome to Camino de Santiago. Uh, it's a pilgrimage uh, to the place where, according to legend, like the crypts of Winterfell, uh, according to legend, the remains of St. James, Santiago, which I've never understood Matt, like, there's nothing cognatish at all about Thiago as James, or Diego as James. Uh, that is quite the stretch. Um, but Diego is James in Spanish, and Thiago in Portugal, and we're in Spain, so it's Santiago. 
Uh, is this Iago like the like uh, Iago like? It's probably a Shakespeare character, but I associate mm. it more with the uh, the parrot from Aladdin. Is that that's Iago? Correct. Is that yes. basically what it is? That's okay. Gotcha. We're not there yet. We are currently walking. Um, I mean, I'm walking right now. It's not that challenging, so I can record a podcast. And if they do not have the remains of the parrot from Aladdin, I will be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> But the expected and unexpectedness of this trip, Matt, uh, again, I don't know what's going to happen when I get there. I do know that the chapel, or not the chapel, the cathedral with, uh, if you've seen the movie uh, The Way with uh, Martin Sheen or Short, I would have liked to see a version of The Way with Martin Short. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know this movie. Did you all watch it? Oh, yes. Uh, And it scared the hell out of us because in the first, the first thing that happens is Emilio Estevez dies. Oh, no. Yeah, the plot is Emilio Estevez, uh, real-life son of Martin Sheen, uh, plays the son of Martin Sheen in this movie. It's quite a family. Charlie does not appear in this. Disappointing. Slightly uh, Catholic Did you watch the the Mighty Ducks afterwards to just feel better? I did. He's still alive in that movie, in all three of them. Uh, He's the kind of wayward son, uh, Martin Sheen, uh, country club kind of guy, uh, straight-laced, straight shooter, if you will. Uh, doesn't understand his son's life choices, drives into the airport, and uh, evidently Emilio uh, starts the way up in the Pyrenees, and there's a storm the first day and he dies. Uh, <laughs> so what? after I told students that, you know, this trip, uh, I mean, you're going to be tired by the end, but it's not like we're... We're Coloradans, okay? Like, this is walking on a path in Spain. It's not like we're hiking uh, over 14ers and doing crazy stuff and backpacking. Uh, And then I'm like, we'll watch this movie about it. And Emilio Estevez dies immediately uh, while walking. Uh, Martin goes to go pick up his son's remains. uh, And because of that, he decides to finish the the path with the remains along the way. Pretty good movie. Uh, Pretty good movie. But I had to write a blurb about our trip to go walk on the way for church newsletter and so I visited wikipedia.org I did not make a contribution uh, I've never made a contribution to support wikipedia.org I've been there thousands if not hundreds of thousands of times uh, but I will, will yeah, not support it we're not on board with free will offering uh, modes of funding nope nope you tell me what I owe you send me a bill Wikipedia I'm gonna pay it <laughs> I'm gonna pay it that's what I do to my members every year I send them a bill yeah. Uh, that's great. <laughs> so a statement. This is where you're at with your giving. This is not it. Um, uh, and I learned that the path is thousands of years, over a thousand years old. Pilgrims really? throughout Europe are making their way to see the remains of St. Uh, hmm. James. But it really only became popular uh, due to the, the promotional efforts of uh, a guy called uh, uh, Franco. I don't think it was James. Wow. That's, are you serious? Yeah, not James Franco. I know that's what you're thinking. Right. Um, yeah. And that makes not Frango, sense. Not the Franco mince person either. No, no. Uh, Franco, the, the cruel dictator, uh, really wanted to promote the Catholic image of, of Spain and so really pushed it. Um, I did not write about that in the newsletter articles uh, about how we were following the advice of Franco and <laughs> walking uh, the, the path. Incredible. So that's expected and unexpected, if you really get into the history of Spain. Right. Uh, the other yeah. thing, I don't want to offend the Lutheran School of Theology at Chicago. I don't want to do that because they're a suitor 
or we're a suitor. There's a courtship process going on that we've initiated in the yeah, past. It's still open. So PLTS, if you want to get in on this, uh, yeah. we're open to bids. We're, we can be bought. That is very clear. Uh, <laughs> and if you can read between the lines about why we're making pitches to organizations to buy us, uh, maybe that's because uh, we had a, a bad romance, if you will. Um, by the way, the vinyl daughter right now so into Shallow, really likes to sing Shallow, is all about it, um, and gets very upset with me personally when I sing the Lady Gaga parts. I can only sing the daddy parts. Uh, that's amazing. Um... Uh, but the unexpected, expected, unexpected thing, then. Um, again, I don't want to offend LSTC. I don't want to offend the Pacific Lutheran Theological Seminary or California Lutheran University because they're, uh, at least by name, Lutheran institutions. But mm-hmm. we will receive an indulgence at the end of this walk. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, that's part of the deal. Uh, they call it Compostela. Please frame it and put it in your Lutheran pastor office. <laughs> yes, I will frame my indulgence. Uh, so expected and unexpected, a very Lutheran, or not that Lutheran thing to do. Uh, so I look forward, I'll let you know, I'll let you know short term next week uh, how the indulgence uh, thing worked out. And long term, after I die, I'm going to come back on the pod and let you know long term how it played out. That's at least one sermon, though. Like, you can get at least one sermon out of receiving oh, indulgence yeah. after your walk. Mm-hmm. I think so. Oh, I never finished the whole at the end of the movie with Martin Sheen and Emilio Estevez, good luck, producer Nick, in making sense of this crap. They get to the cathedral and they have one of those giant, um, uh, oh gosh, not a thoroughfare, but a incense pot. An incense pot. Oh, our Anglo-Catholic friends hate me right now. Um, not a thoroughfare, but a thurible? No. no, maybe. Hmm. Anyway, uh, in the cathedral, they have a giant one on like a chain and it swings all the way down, up and down the aisle of the whole cathedral, uh, which is pretty cool. And you should at least look that clip up on YouTube. We'll put it on some form of social media this week or next week or however time works. Uh, But the cathedral under renovation. So not sure that we'll be able Mm. we'll be able to get in and look, but I don't think we'll be able to see the, the incense swinging cool so that's what's going on in our neck of the world thurible that's what it is it's a thurible yeah no it was a thurible all along and the thurifer is the thurible person and then the word I was looking for is the water one which is an aspergillium asperger aspergus there we go so related to aspergers I believe so that's really let's do some word study that's what you come to this podcast for. Words you could go to etymologyonline.com, like I do quite often, or you could wait once a week and hope that we do the etymology of a word that you're curious about. Either way, it's a journey. Yeah, I uh, am not doing anything nearly as exciting as going to Spain. How Just is what you are doing this week connected to a famous European fascist? Well, going to uh, California Lutheran University for student <laughs> assembly, so you can draw your own conclusions. <laughs> yeah, famously, student <laughs> assembly was started by. Uh, oh, gosh. oh, by the way, uh, about a year ago, I think it was a year Mussolini. ago that we talked about student assemblies on the pod, and we deconstructed what we didn't like about them. Mm-hmm. Got some heavy criticism from Deacon uh, Deacon Tempe. 
appreciate the feedback, Deacon Tempe. Uh, in response to your feedback, uh, I decided to join the Synod Assembly planning team. Oh, Matt, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> my, uh, my rationale was if I'm going to complain about something afterwards, I might as well be at the table uh, and try to make it better. So we'll see. How is your uh, planning coming along? Uh, well, I went to one meeting. I'm in charge of youth and young adult stuff because I'm under the age of 40. You're a, you're, I, you're a church young. I got called a young adult earlier this week, and I said, I don't, like, I'm almost middle-aged at this point. Like, but, you know, under 40. Mm. Uh, but should be good. We're going to rethink some things, do some do some fun stuff. We'll, we'll see. You got to be at the table, you know. I'm just, I'm hearing the feedback from our listeners is what I'm saying. You can't just Monday morning quarterback Senate assembly. You got to get in there and, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to carry that metaphor forward, but <laughs> I've taken a different approach lately, which is uh, you got to take a step back, <laughs> be less engaged. There are different seasons, you know. You got your season of taking a step back, season of stepping into it. So you may have noted I did not complain about Senate Assembly at all this year. See how it goes. Uh, I have a I have a great idea. Uh, for a Senate Assembly video. Unfortunately, mm. you still have not seen Endgame, I assume. I have not. Uh, That's correct. It's within, it's with, I've it's seen the Spanish the version. Time. It's very confusing. <laughs> <laughs> it's got like the characters uh, from Times Square in it. It's I downloaded <laughs> I want to, I mean, this is, should be no spoilers. This is the first Avengers movie. You know, when you call the Avengers together, you say Avengers assemble. Hmm. Like and that joke never gets, yeah, that never gets old for me for Senate Assembly. <laughs> but I just, mm-hmm. I want to see like you know how the Ringer does those videos where they'll like impose somebody's face yeah. on a video, like they put Arya Stark on uh, uh, who's that guy that plays for Portland, Damian Lillard, Damian, right? Yeah. And, uh, like you just put the face on, yeah. it's kind of cornball, but it's also pretty funny. I want to see that mm-hmm. uh, with like the Bishop's face on Captain America, and he yeah. calls the Avengers to assemble, and then there's different people from the Synod coming mm-hmm. in on different faces. And I think that would be incredibly entertaining. Uh, but I don't know if it's going to happen. I tried to suggest it to Caleb Craner, who's the only person I know that would actually might not a, know how to do that and B, take the time to do it. But yeah. uh, I don't know, man. I I came up with a great idea, Matt. <laughs> it's kind of a different different tact on the same subject. Um, I, uh, I missed Senate uh, Assembly this year uh, due to my grandfather's funeral. Uh, and it's the second Senate Assembly I've missed due to major family events. My daughter was born. Uh, right around Senate Assembly. Uh, so if I was a Senate Assembly, we do. We always have very early Senate Assembly, uh, which uh, is a thing I have issue with. But I'm letting it go and taking a step back because uh, I've tried anyway. Um, I'm not going to cry at this part of the podcast. Uh, I decided that if I was a younger person and didn't have a child uh, and had the kind of free time that. I used to have. I'd create a, a parody website of the Senate's website that would have things like a calendar of when you should try to have a child in order to maximize your ability to miss things like Senate Assembly or Theological <laughs> Conference. Yeah, that's a good... <laughs> that'd be good, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I still remember Tim Brown had... I don't know if his first child or his second child. Uh, like on the day of the Easter Vigil. <laughs> like, it was like Holy Weekend, which was, I could just imagine an incredible time to... 
have to suddenly step away from your responsibilities. <laughs> I think he had an intern at the time, maybe, or was called somebody from uh, LSTC to step in and do some stuff. But I just remember thinking, wow, if I could pick one weekend. <laughs> that's, that's the one you do. Wow. Amazing. Well, Matt, now that we've talked about all the timely issues, <laughs> current event. Let's talk about the text. Ding, ding. Ding, ding. Act. We're still making our way through Act. Matt, you're not oh, going to believe this. You yeah. are not going to believe this. A new development in Acts. Uh, there's a vision. There's a vision. Oh, my gosh. It's so psychedelic, Acts. Acts and Revelation. I mean, just like, oh, psychedelic themes all over the place. It's amazing. This is going to be part one of two, because next week you're going to continue the same story, the very next verse. Well, not the same story, but the very next verse, uh, which is fun. Uh, during the night, Paul had a vision, and there stood a man of Macedonia pleading with him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. Uh, I kind of want to say it's a trap. I feel like this is like a, it's a trap moment. Admiral but, Akbar, You know, Admiral Akbar. this is uh, Supreme Leader Snoke planting this vision in your head. Uh, it's a Star Wars reference uh, for Zach who doesn't see movies. When he had seen the vision, we immediately tried to cross over to Macedonia uh, convinced that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. So we set sail from the Iron Islands and we took a straight course uh, to Samothrace. Is that what we're going to call it? I don't know. They're going from one place to another, remaining in the city for some days. On a Sabbath day, we went outside the gate by the river where we supposed there was a place of prayer. They went down to the river to pray and we sat down and spoke to the women who had gathered there. A certain woman named Lydia, a worshiper of God, was listening to us. She was from the city of Thyatira and a dealer in purple cloth. Woo! My daughter's favorite color is purple right now. She would love it. Uh, Lord opened her heart to listen eagerly to what was said by Paul. Uh, when she and her household were baptized, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come and stay at my home. And she prevailed upon us. Word of God, word of life. Uh, so, not as uh, crazy fun as uh, animals descending in the vision, but uh, still some some fun stuff going on here we've got Lydia uh, a businesswoman probably a wealthy businesswoman since this is purple cloth purple cloth yeah uh, and uh, yeah yeah mm. uh, I've got some Greek for you man uh oh open your heart. heart her heart gets opened um, and uh, oh gosh yeah, who opens her heart? She opens her own heart. That's how it works. Yeah, she uh, performs open heart Paul, surgery. Paul, Paul mansplains, and her heart is open. <laughs> that's, that's correct. That's correct. Uh, it is the same word in Greek. Did you get the Aramaic back in Mark seven with the blind man when Jesus says Ephatha? Uh, Ooh, wow! That is right. Her heart is opened in the same way that the blind man's eyes are open with that super visceral. Uh, spitting on eyes and ears and fingers and tongues and all that kind of weird stuff. Uh, it's the same opened as Emmaus Road uh, when their eyes are opened and their minds are their eyes are opened and they're able to see this Jesus and their minds are open to understand uh, the scriptures. Um, yeah. So I think that Ephatha is a fun connection. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting because her she this is, it's not a conversion like. Um, like Saul, like she's already, it's already, already names her as a worshiper of God. Uh, she's gathered with women in prayer. Um, so there's like a, 
it's a different kind of thing. There's a deepening that happens. Then she's baptized. Um, so there's some kind of shift that happens in this person. Um, but it's interesting because she's already kind of, I don't know, she's already in some kind of community mm-hmm. of faith. Hmm. Yeah. Her opens opens her heart. What does uh, how does your how does your Greek analysis work? So you got your do you have your giant book there of uh, what's it called? What's that book called with like the I can't remember the name of it. The lexicon. Or are you are you all digital with your Greek analysis? How does this, walk us through the process for the vinyl, uh, the Colorado vinyl preacher. Matt, this is an analog podcast, except for the way that you're currently listening to it, which is certainly digital, because um, we've not yet pressed it into vinyl. Uh, yet, keyword there. Uh, Matt, I'm a digital. I'm a digital Greek person. Uh, it's just so easy. Uh, you click on the links, and it takes to the words and does all that kind of stuff for you. What's What's your software? What's that? How's that work? You know, I don't software. I just Biblos. Biblos Interlinear is what I use. Free. It's free. Free. It's free. Wow. Just on the internet. Because uh, I don't know. I mean, listeners get at us on this stuff. I don't know what. Um, I don't know what software is out there. I know Accordance is gone. Is no longer. Oh yeah. A thing. So I remember uh, stealing stealing that in seminary. Yeah, I stole. Uh, was it GreekWorks? Mm-hmm. Whatever the the PC version was. I was a PC yeah. person at the time uh, and stole that. But but I'm a Mac person yeah. now, so. <laughs> been converted on the road then to Damascus. My heart was opened fully. <laughs> there is a sense in which the opening is not just cracked open. It is a full opening. Um, wow. So uh, my heart was opened fully to listen eagerly to the gospel of Tim Apple. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I think that's that's Ephatha. I like that visceral opening. No, it's good. I think the the other thing that uh, some stuff to play with in this text. Um, I mean, the importance of this community of women uh, and this time and place. I mean, this is like moving things forward pretty radically. Uh, sometimes we read this stuff and we go, "Oh, it seems kind of regressive," um, but at the time you look at this, it's actually pushing things forward in terms of the ethos of the whole thing. So, my challenge you to think about the ways that uh, God is moving things forward today in the Easter season, twenty nineteen, uh, just as God did way back then. Uh, because there is this community of women uh, doing their own thing independently. There's a wealthy uh, female businesswoman. And then there are these men and women speaking to each other in public, uh, this, this radical kind of relationship. She invites them to stay at her home, uh, and these men go. Uh, I mean, this is, this is kind of stuff that would be, uh, you, you get the side eye. You get the side eye for this. Um, it's worth lifting that up. People may not recognize that uh, in 2019, but worth, worth exploring, maybe. If you want to go that route. I also remember that this was a text uh, three years ago, uh, the Sunday after Prince died. So I definitely preached mm-hmm. about her. It was yeah. fantastic. I, I like the the last little sentence there too. It ties into a bit of what we talked about last week with who am I to to withstand God? Uh, and she prevailed upon us. I mean, if this was however many years ago it was, nevertheless she persisted. Um, yeah there you are yeah 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 and then, I mean there's like there's so much theology packed into uh, just those last those last two verses um, the opening of the heart 
the hearing of the word, the baptism, and then the response, right? The baptism actually changes. It leads to an action, and the act is hospitality, which leads to the formation of uh, the growth of the community and the formation of new relationships. Uh, there's all kinds of fun, just theology is just packed into that one little very brief story. So, fun stuff to play with in Acts. I love Acts. There's so many good stories, you know? Uh, unlike the gospel. Okay. <laughs> um, anything else on Acts? I'm good, man. All right. Revelation. Woo! It's the greatest revelation. It's my favorite. I just love it's it. It's one of my favorite. It's a good oh, one. Some of my favorite verses in the Bible. I remember uh, when uh, he was the new director. When we were in seminary in Chicago, he was the new director of what was then called Scoop. Uh, the uh, Consortium for Urban Pastoral uh, Education in Chicago, uh, kind of an urban ministry uh, coalition consortium. I think they have renamed themselves to Omnia, which is a really weird name. But uh, but he preached this sermon at LSTC uh, on this text. That I don't know if it was the first time that I'd really either heard or, or thought about this text very deeply, but talked about uh, the river, the water fly flowing down the middle of the street of the city. And he was talking about 55th street and just like made it so real and contextual. Uh, and there's just this fascinating, like urban image, uh, marrying this, this sacramental water to this very urban contemporary image. So anyway, what happens is we're continuing this theme that we started last week of the Holy city coming down out of heaven from God. It's repeated again. It's coming down. If you didn't get the picture, we're not being taken up to some, to the clouds. The city is coming down, uh, down to earth. Uh, in the Range Rover, I believe. <laughs> in the Range. Down, down, down range. baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, still, that is still, uh, I think it's it's still theologically countercultural, you know, the way that we usually think about uh, eschatology. So no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. The city has no need of sun or moon to shine enough for the glory of the Lord is its light, and its lamp is the Lamb. The nations... The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. The gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. The gates will never be shut. What? People will bring into it the glory and the honor of the nations. That's interesting. Uh, but nothing unclean will enter it. Uh-oh. What's this clean, unclean business? Uh, and then the angel showed me the river. I mean, it's just... <laughs> ah, Revelation chapter 22 Verses 1 to 2, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, through the middle of the street of the city. On either side of the river is the tree of life, with its twelve kinds of fruit, producing its fruit each month, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Mm. Mic drop, but it continues. Nothing accursed will be found there anymore, uh, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants worship, and they will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. Uh, they need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. Good stuff. Oh, revelation. Get some good images. So good and easy to preach. Matt, I'm, uh, I'm still in the season of trees. Uh, you know, I'm reading my book. Uh, slowly, because that's how I read things. But I'm here in Spain, and I brought that. That, that is the single book I brought with me. Uh, how else to be in Spain than to read about the history of the United States uh, as told through trees? Uh, and um, here, a reality in the West, Matt, uh, which is different from a couple weeks ago when when I was in North Carolina with my daughter. Uh, if you're a fan of the Vinyl Spouse, she's got a great Instagram account, uh, and one of the things she likes to do is put quotes of our of our three year old daughter on there. 
And uh, one of the things that our daughter uh, said in the car as we were driving around is, why are there so many trees, Mommy? Uh, because <laughs> in North Carolina, compared to, to, to Colorado, there are trees freaking everywhere. That is not the case here in Colorado. In uh, some of the old pictures, if you go to the museum at the university, you can see like when they built Old Main and the, the campus was just one building. It is one building on top of a hill, and there is literally nothing else around. There's no other buildings. There are no other trees. Uh, historically, what this place looked like was plains that just went straight into the mountains here in Boulder. Uh, and then all of a sudden, it was mountains and there were trees. Uh, we've planted a lot of trees. Uh, here's where we've mm. developed it, and so there's trees everywhere. But if you get out in kind of rural areas in Colorado and you see a tree, what it means is that there is a water source uh, there. Uh, we have yeah. cottonwoods out here in the plains of Colorado, and they line creeks and rivers, and that is the only way to get trees. You don't have a tree in the middle of nowhere uh, because yeah. there's not enough water for it to live. Um, so that connection, that relationship between rivers and trees fits into our friend uh, Ben Stewart, uh, LSTC uh, faculty, who could be a, a sponsored guest. I don't know. We could, we could come up with lots of cross-promotional ways. Uh, ben Stewart uh, has done some really good stuff for us with students. Uh, Chain Rivers clearly speak to baptism, but trees are uh, our Christian center of the universe, our axis mundi. We do not have uh, a western wall of the temple. There is no Mecca for Christians, but every tree is the cross. And, uh, and so these trees, that the, the cross that pops up in relationship to, only in relationship to the river of life, um, there's a lot of uh, eco, you know, environmental angles here. Every tree is a cross. Oh, so many things. I mean, huh? yeah, yeah. Every tree is the center of the universe. I mean, you can both go with, uh, you can connect it both to the cross. Uh, and again, like, I just think it's fascinating that, I think I said this two weeks ago, but that the these scriptures that we have begin with a tree in a garden and end with a tree. Uh, and it's not the same tree, right? Like, it's, there's this transforming that happens. We don't go back. It's not like going back to the garden, but there's a, there's a, there's a transformation. There's a uh, and there's some kind of uh, there's some kind of symmetry in that, and between those two things is, like you said, the cross, the center of it all. There's Which is just like stuff you can play with. Yeah. Just like where we're at currently, right now in Game of Thrones, we're not going back to the reign of the Targaryens. We're not clearly, no. as evidenced by what happened in the episode this week, the future is different, but not not completely different, not right? Completely different. Uh, Expected right. and unexpected. Uh, it is just, uh, I just, I just think it's a gorgeous image. Uh, I, I also think, um, so I'd, I'd throw out two suggestions uh, for preachers. One is to make that city and that tree contextual, right? Name your own city and name your own tree, trees uh, in your context, whatever that looks like. I mean, Zach made a comparison between North Carolina and Colorado. I mean, make it contextual for you, right? Wherever you are, name those things, make that real for folks. Because uh, the... I think that's consistent with the text itself where God comes down. God doesn't just come down to some theoretical planet. God comes down to your place. Uh, and I think there's some power in that. God um, is an int. <laughs> walking, talking tree from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. It's also really interesting to me that nations come up mm. uh, multiple times. The nations aren't erased. Instead, they're brought into this thing. And I don't know how you want to think about that and unpack that. 
Um, you can get uh, really exegetical with it and think about the 12 tribes of Israel. You can do that. Um, but I, I just, as a person that works in a, in a really multicultural context, to me, that says something about the way that we keep, even as we're brought into this uh, larger identity, that we keep some of these specificities uh, in the midst of that. And, uh, and I think it's a good way to be like specifically cultural. And that too, these cultures come along with us and are transformed as they become part of a larger tapestry. Uh, and I just, I think there's some cool stuff that you could do that with that as well. Um, the people will bring into it the glory and honor of the nations. The leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Uh, this time as I read that text, I'm thinking about those two lines and what they might mean. I like it, man. Revelation, yeah. as scary as it might be, is just, I think it may be the most preachable book in the Bible. It's so good. The imagery that it gives you, I mean, that's what you, that's what you want. As a preacher, that's what I want as a preacher. Give me images and story to work with. Unlike, uh, I think there's some stuff here we're going to get there. John has been, uh, if Revelation has been the, the river of life for my preaching life this Easter, John has not been that. Uh, it has been the valley of dry bones. It gets a little bit better this week. We're a little further on. We're in John 14, uh, and Jesus uh, answered him. We don't know who he's talking to. Uh, those who love me will keep my word. My Father will love them. And we will come to them. God will come to them and make our home with them. Um, whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but is from the Father who sent me. Uh, we're getting into some very stereotypical John setting up Pentecost to come. I have said these things to you while I am still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I said to you. Peace, I leave with you. We're back into the uh, uh, Doubting Thomas kinds of stories. Peace, I give to you. Do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them let your hearts be afraid. Uh, you heard me say, I am going away and I am coming to you. Which is like saying, uh, I am expected and I am unexpected. If you loved me, if you loved me, Matt, you would rejoice that I'm going to the Father. Because the Father is greater than I. And now I've told you this before it occurs. So that when it does occur, you may believe. A little wordy, Matt, but there's some stuff here. Um, I'm interested in things like those who love me will keep my word. Uh, What does it mean to keep Jesus' word? Uh, And there's some good stuff here in the Greek. Um, It gets translated sometimes as as to guard or to watch over. Uh, The one that I like, and maybe a fun way to get into this text if you're going to preach on the John, is that in Matthew it's used to describe the guards who are keeping watch over Jesus' body at the tomb, the guards who uh, are seized with fear when the earthquake comes. Uh, They are keeping watch. They are keeping Jesus. What might our Easter call sound uh, be like? if our Easter call is to keep watch uh, over the resurrected Jesus. um, Mm -hmm. Might be a fun way to reframe that. And then, I mean, Jesus comes out and says it here. We will come to them and make our home with them. Last week we talked about the realm of God uh, is the realm of mortals. Uh, And Jesus Mm -hmm. makes it plain here. And so you can can tie into that home imagery, uh, which which can put some flesh onto some confusing uh, John language about John's all about abiding, right? Um, and that abiding is making our home uh, dwelling places. Um, mm. Abiding place literally is what make our home means. It's one verb. Uh, monin, if you want to put Janelle Monet, this might be a good week to do that for the cognate in Greek for your very astute Greek listeners and pop music aficionados. Um, 
It, of course, comes from, uh, is also used earlier on in John, uh, where Jesus talks about uh, the many dwelling places in my father's house. Last little Greek nugget I'm going to throw at you, man. Um, do not let your hearts be troubled, literally agitated. Uh, and a fun, Ooh. interesting connection. Yeah, the community organizer just his, his lights went off. Yeah. Uh, Herod gets agitated at the news of Jesus' birth. Um, so wow. agitation, if you want to go yeah. the whole community organizing, the connection between agitation and action, it's all right there for you. Woo! Love it. But there's a negative, so I don't know how that works. Do not let your hearts be agitated. Yeah, I don't know what you do with it, but that's a cool, I like that. Mm-hmm. Something to play with. There you go. Good stuff. Way to run with John. Mr. I don't like John. I, I'm not a I don't like John guy. <laughs> Just these particular. It's when John gets into the, he gets a little polish here. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite college football podcasts, uh, which talks exclusively about college football, recently did an episode where they broke down the Bible and assigned college football programs for each character in the Bible. And they had a spot-on analysis of Paul, where they said that Paul, uh, you know, uh, a little self-righteous, a little explainy. And so uh, <laughs> they said that Paul is Northwestern, because when have you met a Northwestern grad who does not mention that they are a Northwestern grad? <laughs> Fantastic. So here, Paul, John gets a little, I mean, it gets a little convoluted. He does the positive, and then he does the negative, and the same idea. It's just a little wordy. That's all. There's stuff in there you can reach. Good stuff. What are we listening to? Matt, there's some good songs for this week. I'm going to go with one of my favorite uh, Dawes songs, kind of an under-the-radar Dawes song from their first album. Uh, Not a single, but My Way Back Home. Uh, If I can place it all together, make out the nature of the call. I start to feel the love and the silence that was always at the root of it all. And in my constant quest for truth, I am condemned to facts alone. And though my dreams all lead me nowhere... I won't forget my way back home. Uh, it's a good plaintive. Uh, I got kind of plaintive, a minor key to my songs. Uh, my way back home is uh, where we start that. Next time, I've been on a little bit of an Elliott Smith kick lately. Uh, so I'm going to go with Elliott Smith's Twilight. Uh, there's a lot of fun you could you could have here with playing with the images of moon and sun. Um, oh gosh, there's no more n- night because Jesus is the light. Uh, but I'm going to go with Elliott Smith's Twilight. Uh, I haven't laughed this hard in a long time. I better stop now before I start crying. Go off to sleep in the sunshine. I don't want to see the day when it's dying. Uh, oh, oh. There's good stuff. I'm already somebody's baby. Gosh, Ellie Smith is good. Uh, and then finally, <laughs> Matt, my plaintive mood takes a more intense uh, direction here, uh, playing with Moon. I'm going Bowie. Going back to the summer Bowie. Ooh. Moon Age Daydream. Uh, oh. Setting the stage for your revelation uh, this week. Nice. Yeah, I'll jump off of the the daydream uh, into these psychedelic visions of acts and revelation. I got to throw out some Jimi Hendrix purple haze, purple, purple haze uh, to connect it to Lydia here. Uh, but just need a little, I feel like I need some 60s psychedelia for uh, for these texts in this Easter season. And then as I look into Revelation uh, and hear that river 
of the Water of Life. I'm going to do a callback to a song we did for, for Lent a while back, that Leon Bridges song, mm. River. That is just so beautiful. I feel like the song itself sounds sounds like a refreshing river, right? Like you just mm-hmm. put it on, it just kind of feels like Take you get that, river. you feel refreshed just hearing it. Oh my uh, goodness! So to me, like that's the sound of this river coming through as Leon Bridges, uh, and there's healing of the nations in that. Oh, and his voice is the mm-hmm. he's the truth. As Zach says, uh, and then and then a, a third song is the one that always sends me into a trance. Uh, a city song. Uh, a band called M83 and they have a song called Midnight City uh, and you've probably heard it uh, somewhere before but it just it has these opening like synthesizer chords uh, puts me in a trance that is the soundtrack to me of this city coming down uh, is M83's Midnight City uh, look it up if you don't know it it is uh, it's just sonically uh, phenomenal uh, it is it is the ult- one of my ultimate uh, Enneagram force just puts me in a mood I put it on it's my mood one of the, the fun things about M83 is that in addition to being a musical act, they're a Honduran street gang. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry about the band, not the oh, Honduran no. street gang. We, we do not need sponsorship from a Honduran street gang. Though, if it's an option, let's talk. I mean, no. we can... T- no, no. <laughs> okay. Producer Nick, cut it out. <laughs> You know, this podcast was everything I thought it was going to be, but then it was also, in being everything I thought it was going to be, it was something completely different. Yeah. Bring it full circle. It's been real... Real vinyl. Digital. See, we did the... It's unexpected. We did. That was unexpected. Did not see that coming.